Alrighty, welcome back to another episode of Right Down Broadway. It is your hosts. I'm ZK Zach Couch, joined by my brother BK. What's going on, BK? Not much. Living the dream. Living the dream, man. It's officially draft week. The 2020 NBA draft. Man, it took a little bit to get here. Uh, delayed. But it's kind of cool it's in November, I'm not going to lie. It's very, yeah. very weird. We got it uh, the 18th tomorrow night. Timberwolves are getting ready to be on the clock. We will see who they pick, and we'll go into our little lottery preview a little bit later. But, man, on Monday, the trade moratorium. Am I saying that word right? I'm not sure how to say that word correctly. (laughs) But it was lifted, and teams were officially able to make some moves. And it did not take long, bro, for the first Woj bomb to come. And it was kind of crazy. Because on last episode, we talked about some fits for CP3, and one that both of you, both of us really liked was the Suns. And mm-hmm. Chris Paul is now a Phoenix Sun. I think the package was, I want to say, Kelly Oubre, Ricky Rubio, uh, Ty Jerome, another young player, Lecle, or that French guy, mm-hmm. right, the French Picard, and then a couple of picks. Um, Sam Presti did it again. <laughs> this man is just flipping assets. He just flipped Dennis Schroeder for a first-round pick. Flips Chris Paul for a future first-round pick. Not about that. Um, give me your first impressions. Obviously, it just seems like a very, very good fit for a young Phoenix team and a coach and GM who are on the rise in Monty Williams and James Jones. But how excited do you think Chris Paul is for this opportunity? And, um, yeah, what is it? how does this you know put the Suns in the playoff picture out west? Yeah, um, I think – I mean, this is really, this is exactly what they needed. You know, they were right on that, in that category last year of a bunch of other Western Conference teams where, you know, you got two young blooming stars in Booker and Aiton. And even, you know, Oubre was a great contributor to that team, but, you know, not, not a one or two on that team, I'd say. Um, But really what, what Devin Booker needed was a guy to just run the show for him while he goes out there and just does what he does best and gets some buckets, you know? So I think the fit will be perfect. Um, I think last year for Chris Paul was a huge, uh, you know, I would say practice year almost for him. You know, letting a guy like Schroeder and Shy Gilligas, you know, have their touches when they're out there on the court and still be a significant player, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think it's perfect for them. I think, honestly, the guy who's going to like it way more than Booker is Aiton. Mm. I think that, that pick and roll game will be delicious. Yeah. So, I, I can't wait to watch them play. I mean, you look at their roster, they are, they're pretty well put together. I don't know if I'd put them at a contender status, but, you know, they're, they're right there in the middle of the pack in the, in the playoff picture, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I think you hit the nail right on the head. It's huge for Aiton's development. Um, Booker, you know, they really tried to put Devin Booker at point guard the year before um, they got Rubio. And – you know, Booker was able to do it, and he was having a phenomenal year, but he's not a pure point guard. You know, he is a one, if not one of the best scoring two guards in this league right now. Pure, pure scorer, you know, can get hot in a, in a hurry. When Rubio came in and was able to facilitate a little bit more, you saw Booker was, you know, playing at an all-star level. Was he an all-star this, this past season? I believe he, I'm not sure if he was. I cannot remember. Either way, he should be. He's one of the top shooting guards in this league. Chris Paul comes in now, and I guess people were kind of making jokes about it that 
when you get old, you know, when you get old and you're close to retirement, you want to either go to Florida or you want to go to Arizona. <laughs> so he right. ends up in Phoenix. He's still pretty close to LA, which I guess was, was kind of a factor too, was being, cause I think he, that's primarily where his family lives and he's got a house out there. Super good relationship with Monty Williams, Chris Paul. I'm sure that was a huge factor. Uh, Sam Presti worked very close with Chris Paul and Schroeder apparently to make sure that, you know, they were traded to the, to the ideal teams that they wanted. And now you got, Ooh, and they're, they're bringing back tweets of Devin Booker saying, you know, Chris Paul, man, he's a dog. Like Mm -hmm. he was pumped to get an invite to his Chris Paul Academy back in the day. Um, I think Devin Booker is extremely excited because I guess I've seen, I saw tweets all day that Devin Booker is one of the most sneaky competitive players in the entire league right. you know the suns have been a little bit of a you know of a shit show should i say for for the past couple of years but they really started to play really well in the bubble they got a lot of good young talent not even just booker and eight and they have uh michael bridges and cam johnson mm-hmm. who are both pretty solid players in their own right you know you lose kelly Oubre, but i think he was on a big deal anyway yep. it makes sense it makes a lot of sense they're definitely a playoff team out west are they a top four team? Are they a top five team in the West? I don't think so with the Warriors, knowing the Warriors are probably going to be back up into that echelon and the Lakers getting better, and I'm sure the Clippers will get better. Mm-hmm. We don't know what's going on with Houston. Um, we'll get to them in a little bit because that's a good segue. But overall, we wanted to see Chris Paul in either the Heat, the Bucks, or the Suns. Glad that that Booker gets a pure point guard and uh, yeah. We'll see, man. I'm excited for that. And they got those new jerseys. And I I felt bad for Kelly Oubre, though, because he was just like – he was modeling the new jerseys. You know, I think he had like one shot where he was like taking a horse like through town and it was like on Kelly Oubre on his way to OKC. (laughs) On the bright side, though, a lot of scoring opportunities for Kelly Oubre in OKC. He's a pretty style player to play along SGA. So so we'll see what happens with there. Um, More moves. Yeah, James Jones, man, making moves. Love to see it. And Sam Presti, I, I cannot say enough about him, man. I think he's the best executive in the league. Yep. He he has so many draft picks. I think I want to. I saw they have sixteen first round picks in like st- until twenty twenty seven. Like it's right. insane. It's <laughs> insane. Another team that's gonna have a lot of first round picks. The New Orleans Pelicans, man. Drew Holiday mm. going over to Milwaukee. I know Giannis is your boy. Milwaukee gave up a lot and mortgaged a lot of their future, but when you when you got the MVP on your team and Giannis and you'd want to convince him to stay, mm-hmm. you gotta make moves like this. They also made a move, I believe, in some sort of sign and trade for Bogdan Bogdanovich from Sacramento. Yep. Now you mentioned it to me. You're looking at a, a starting lineup of Drew, Bogdan, Middleton, Giannis, and Brook. I mean with Brooklyn getting better, Miami getting better, all these teams getting better, tell, tell me how excited you are for Giannis in particular and just this, the Bucks moves that they made. Yeah, I am I'm ecstatic for this Bucks team, man. I'm telling you, I think um, one of the biggest deficits on that Bucks team was just solid guard play. Um, I think they had, you know, they had good defensive guards who knew how to play in a system with Budenholzer, like, you know, Bledsoe. I love him, but He's not the most refined point guard, yeah. um, you know, more of kind of a pace type player. Um, even DiVincenzo, uh, I, I love him. I think he's a great young player, but, you know, 
when you talk about fit next to Giannis, I'm, I'm taking Bogdan, you know, just a pure shooter. Yeah. Get his own shot. And the best thing with Drew and Bogdan, two guys can get their own shot and two guys that can set up Giannis as well. Mm-hmm. Which I think was really missing from that lineup is just a secondary playmaker. And now they have a primary and a secondary playmaker for Giannis. So Giannis can kind of embrace that KG like, you know, position that he has on the team. Um, and then, you know, Drew Holiday, man, he's another legit all-star on that team. He might be better than Middleton, honestly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, you excited. could definitely make that argument. There were a ton of teams trying to push and, and grab Drew Holiday. I know the Celtics made an aggressive offer. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure a lot of other teams were in for him. Um, yeah, man. Uh, I I really thought the package for Drew, when I first saw it, I was like, God damn, like, Bledsoe, George Hill, three first-round picks, and then I think they swap picks mm-hmm. with um with Too Milwaukee, strong. which with, with New Orleans, I don't really understand. You know, I don't. I guess maybe if Giannis does leave, maybe those picks yeah. do become very very valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, looking at it from Milwaukee's perspective, what are those first-round picks going to be? Twenty-four, hopefully twenty-four and up. Usually, assuming all stays. Yes. Assuming all stays, you know, for the for next year at least, you know, it it'll probably be a high pick. Mm-hmm. But David Griffin, another excellent executive, gets a haul for a player that you know was great for that Pelicans team. But he, you know, Drew Holiday is on, is is on the back end of his career. He wants to be on a contender. You know, New Orleans, who does he, they could maybe you know maybe surprise some people. But if Drew Holiday was going to be on the Lakers, if Drew Holiday was going to be on the Clippers or the Bucks, I mean, those those were teams that were really and Celtics, etc. Those were teams that really wanted his services. Um, yeah, I I did didn't I do like Dante a lot. I think the Kings getting him was a good deal for them. If we're looking at the other end of this, I think Bogdan is a free agent or restricted free agent, so the Bucks have to sign him. Which man, their their salary cap's going to be a mess this year. Um, but yeah, Kings pick up a little young asset to pair with De'Arian. There's mm-hmm. talks about Buddy Heald maybe wanting a trade. So yep, man, <laughs> I saw a tweet. The Kings man looking at their division. Lakers, Clippers, Warriors, Suns. They're screwed. In the Kings division. (laughs) They are they are very screwed. Um but yeah, so those those were the two big deals, two names that were being floated around a ton by Woj and Mm -hmm. and Shams. I don't know who had it first, but you know, Woj is an ESPN guy, so you know, he's he's the GOAT. Um but then we get to the Rockets, man, and they made a quick move, which I know you texted me immediately about saying um, you know, is this it? Are the Rockets unloading? Because they moved Robert Covington, who I know you're a huge fan of, mm-hmm. one of the you know one of the best plug and play players, and really really played well for Houston, who gave up a lot to get him as well. At Clint Capella was was one of the guys that went in that deal to get Covington to Houston. Yep. He goes over to Portland, which a great great move by them. Pick up. Mm-hmm. They get a shooting wing that they desperately always need next to Dame and CJ and Nurkic and, and a couple of those guys. Yeah. We'll get into the Russ and Harden stuff, but super quickly, I know you're a big fan of the Covington move, right? Oh, uh, for the Trailblazers, I, I love the pickup. Um, yeah. For the Rockets, I don't really see what they got out of it because you got back a player in Trevor Reza who you just decided you didn't want to pay like two years ago, and now you're just paying him what he wanted before. And they got what, yeah. like one pick 
from the Trailblazers, who are a playoff team. Yeah, I, they're gonna. I guess they're gonna want all the picks they could possibly get right now. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like they could have. I feel like they could have gotten more for him. Yeah, but I mean, I'm sure it's super limited right now. Especially, I don't know why you would trade to another playoff contending team, yeah. unless you're just you know in full rebuild mode. Which I don't know. I don't know why yeah, you would. That's wild. It. it really does come full circle. Trevor Ariza goes back to Houston. They get the 16th overall pick in this draft, and then a future oh. first round pick. So that was the official package for that. Okay. Pretty good move for for both sides, especially. It's not bad. 16 will be a solid pick. Some hopefully some good value there. Um, and let's just let's just get into it, man. James Harden. James Harden apparently wants out of Houston. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, to me, to me, I do not understand why James Harden would want to be traded to the Brooklyn Nets. I get he has a very good relationship with Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. I completely understand that. They played extremely well together in OKC and are good friends. I get it. You want to play with your boys in this league. Durant has shown that that's what he wanted to do with Kyrie in Brooklyn. Right. Basketball-wise, I don't understand it. I really don't. If Harden wants to – even if Harden wants to compete for a championship and he's going to completely change the way he plays and he's going to play a lot more off the ball and try to work more on his mid-range and not be such an ISO-centric player – Okay, I'm sure if we get KD, Kyrie, Harden on a team, you, you make that work. I understand right. that. Um, but for me, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of other places you could go, still be the same play you are, and compete for a title. Philly is that team for me. I've heard you know, some rumors the Celtics are making a late push right, to try and maybe get Harden. That would be interesting to me. You play along Tatum and Brown. Mm-hmm. Those are guys that don't need the ball. You know, They can get their own bucket, but great players to play alongside of. I, I don't know what's going what's what's going on with this right now. Um, or to me, you just stay in Houston, and and, and if you trade Russ and get some depth or something, you you, you make it work maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I I'm at a loss. It seems like it's gonna happen, man. It, it seems like the the Nets are trying to throw everything possible. Um, now if it is a deal that is like Kyrie, if Kyrie is in a deal to bring Harden into, into Brooklyn and Kyrie goes to Houston. I, I would like that. I'd like that a lot more. Yeah. I think you take Harden KD. Maybe you're able to hold on to Jared Allen or you're able to hold on to Karis Levert. Mm-hmm. Probably. And you put Kyrie Dinwiddie in a package with some picks. I like that a lot better. Yeah. I mean, f- first of all, I, I, I don't hate the deal just purely from the standpoint of, I would love to watch this experiment unfold. I think it would be so it would be so entertaining, bro. Watch all the, I mean, first of all, just from a pure basketball standpoint, it's the three best offensive players probably in the league. You know, skill wise, probably all on the yeah. same. That'd be pretty cool to watch. Yeah, if arguably one two with KD and Harden. Yeah, right. Arguably. But do I think it would work? Probably not. I I mean. The skill set's a little redundant. I heard someone's talking about that today. Um, now, again, like you said, unless you're involving Kyrie in a deal or something, because I'm assuming KD's off limits, because obviously, yeah. but no chance. Yeah, I don't really get how competitive their trade package is, especially when you can compare like the the Sixers, who have talked about giving up Ben Simmons, who's better than I would take Ben Simmons over Karis LeVert 
Oh yeah. Jared Allen and a pick probably. Yes. Yeah. Or yeah. Even, even like a Boston where they could give you, you know, Marcus Kemba. Smart, Jalen Brown, you know. Kemba's being promoted. Yeah. There's so many, there's so many better options that you could have as the Rockets. And Interesting. You're in, yeah. you're in no rush to trade Harden. You know, he's, he's on contract for another, what, two years, I think. At least. And apparently he turned down a, a, a two year extension, which for 50 million a year, <laughs> With fifty million, I saw that fifty million dollars. I mean, that's crazy. But then James Harden went on Instagram, posted a little close up of a water bottle cap. So people were saying that cap, you know, no cap. We don't know. Um, you know, that could have just been reporting. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. You know, I do like Brooklyn's package. I will agree. If Brooklyn put together a package of Dinwiddie, Lavert, Jared Allen, and picks, I, I would like that. I think that's a that's a pretty decent deal. Yeah. Whereas Philly, Philly, I don't know if they would give up Simmons. I guess you would have to yeah. at that point. It would be Simmons and Josh Richardson and other people. I I don't know. Um, I just don't. If I'm Brooklyn, I would so much rather have KD, Kyrie, and then the depth and Levert, Jared Allen, DeAndre, Dinwiddie. Maybe bring back Joe Harris, bring on Ibaka, like Wesley Matthews. There's a bunch of veterans that are going to want to play there. Maybe that's their thinking. Maybe if they can, if they give up that depth and they bring in Harden, they'll be able to bring in like an Ibaka and these guys on vet mins. Um, I think I think what the, the Nets should do is kind of take a book out of the um, – or a page out of the Lakers book where mm-hmm. you have your young assets. In, in the Lakers case, it was Lonzo, Ingram, Kuzma. Just choose two of them that you want to give up. Like, if mm. I'm them, I'll give up, you know, who do I want to keep? I guess I'll keep Jared Allen. Because on that team, mm. I'd probably rather have some rim protection, a guy that can really hold the defense together with, you know, when you have Kyrie and KD, they're not going to be giving you defense every night. You could yeah. really upgrade a, a solid, maybe a solid 3 and D guy. You know, I love Bradley Beal. I think that'd be a huge move for them. Maybe yep. they'd have to give up more for him. I'm not sure, but, you know, I, I feel like, you don't have to swing so big when you have Kevin Durant and Kyrie already on your team. Like, your offense is good. That is more than enough firepower on your team. Try to just either keep That's it together, sign some solid vets. So, I don't know. I think they got to chill out a little bit. I mean, just just Kyrie and KD yeah. carrying the ball is going to be fucking tough. So Yeah, I, I was going to say, do you think it, it's almost – I heard some people saying on, on the Talking Head shows and whatnot that it, it's almost kind of just like an, an insurance plan because Katie and Kyrie do have health problems. So if one of them does go down, at least you know, hey, we got Harden, we, we got KD if Kyrie goes down, or vice versa. You know, like based on the you want the insurance. When you can get a star like that, you got to – On the same logic, know. though, for health insurance, I mean, wouldn't you rather have more solid bodies – you know what I mean? I mean, Karis Avert and Dinwiddie, they showed us they could be an eight seed without all those players. Yeah. I mean, I bet you if you stacked Karis Levert and Dinwiddie's production combined, it's probably right around hard, <laughs> which is just crazy. Maybe a little. But, yeah. So, so we'll see, man. That seems I, – I, it's not going to feel real to me. And just as, as Knicks guys, me and you, it's just going to be so fun when Harden there. And poor, poor Steve Nash, man. This is going to be his first oh my gosh. year as coach, and he's going to have to him and Amari, bro. Him and Amari, Amari going to be chilling, man. I don't. Oh, yeah. He's just like, man, I'm just here on the bench just to be the assistant. <laughs> um, but then the other guy on the Rockets, man, who's been talked about a bunch, especially with the Knicks, Missile, Mr. Russell Westbrook, has been linked with trades to the Knicks, to the Hornets, 
especially with the Jordan connection. And now, out of nowhere, we got a report that they've been talking about a Westbrook and John Wall trade. Mm. Out of those three, where would you want to see Russ the most? Tough question. Um, I mean... All three, I could see. Where would I want to see him the most? Probably the Knicks for a great price, just because I love Westbrook. You know this. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think, as we've discussed this a lot, I think, I mean, realistically, I don't, I don't see many more opportunity, like better opportunities to get a superstar like this. I mean, we haven't signed a max player in for the Knicks. You're saying, yeah, for the Knicks yeah. since Carmelo. Um, I don't think. If anything, it'll take us another maybe four or five years to be that attractive. Unless, you know, unless you get another Carmelo type guy. Wow, we didn't even sign Carmelo. I forgot about that. But um, regardless. Trade him. Yeah. yeah. It's the same thing with Russ. We would trade for him. Sure. Um, yeah. I don't, it's going to be tough to find another guy that's going to say, you know, I want to take on the challenge of New York. Especially a guy like Russ who really embodies that, you know, New York grit. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, and he's a Tibbs guy. Definitely a Tibbs guy. So that's um, interesting. I, I and me personally, I think the Hornets and the Wizards are kind of just irrelevant teams. Well, let me put it. Let me put it to this perspective for you. Which backcourt would you be most excited about? Russ and RJ, Russ and Devontae Graham, Russ and Bradley Beal. Russ and Bradley Beal would be the best on paper for sure. Yep. But I mean, wouldn't that really just be like a like a James Harden Russ light? <laughs> Like we, yeah, like a John Wall, like a John Wall, Bradley Beal, like you just said, pretty much identical or similar players. I mean, I was I was on 2K yesterday trying it out, and I I loved the the transition uh, duo between RJ and West, man. Uh, Yeah, that'd be very interesting. I'm just saying, overpower those small guards, be interesting. Yeah, no, I, I I told you, man, when all those reports initially came out, you know, you see he's 32, he's deteriorating, he shot so poor. Again, he might have been hurt in the bubble. That's why he didn't play that great, which is, I guess, we haven't we didn't really get into it, but I guess this is kind of the falling out between Russ and the Rockets, particularly. People thought it was Russ and Harden. Mm-hmm. It's more Russ is angry at the Rockets' management. Daryl Morey gets let go. It, the whole organization is, is going – bad right now Harden doesn't like the public support that um, Rockets owner for Tita was having with Trump you know I mean these are your players you gotta make sure they're happy again it's kind of like doesn't really deal with basketball he's just the owner but again again I I could understand that Uh, so that seems to be the following out with the Rockets here when this started coming out it just seemed like a thing that the Knicks would always do and they'd always trade for a guy a little past his prime on a terrible contract thinking we would be able to compete with him and then 50 games in we're you know four or five games behind out of the playoffs and then we sell and we're terrible again and then we get screwed out of a lottery pick or whatever so it just seems like a a a reoccurring cycle with the Knicks but to your point I think you did raise a good point we are always trying to lately we've been always trying to position ourselves to land the big fish to land the KD and Kyrie to land the Zion to land the Giannis whatever maybe Maybe me, the Knicks, and Russ need each other. Maybe they do. Maybe they do need each other. Russ would be one of the Knicks fans' favorite players, no question. Mm-hmm. Like, like all the, the what's her name? The what's her name on Twitter, man? Uh, the Knicks Terry faithful Town? girl, huh? The the Terrytown girl. Yeah, she is just like man. If anybody says we are trading for Russ, you're getting blocked. Like she's just so against it. 
She Fair. she adores Frank. She loves Frank. I get it. Mm-hmm. But man, Russ, RJ, Frank as our guards, sign me up. I love this it. Is, and this is a couple couple few details about Westbrook too. First, we've never seen him play in the East. Right. Mm. He's been in the West where all the best point guards are, and he's been consistently mm-hmm. all NBA. That's yep. super, super impressive. He's MVP of the league. I'm saying. Second, I mean, when when has Westbrook's value ever been this low? Like I yep. and I ever. realistically think, and it I could don't get lower. We have to. Sorry. It could get lower. His value. It could get lower. I mean, yeah, they, I think the the chemistry stuff with Harden too. Um, so I really think if we're smart about it, we could get him at a. Stupid bargain. I don't think yeah. we have to give up a pick. We can give up Knox, a young guy, maybe a future pick. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with. Give rid of Randall. I love you, mm-hmm. but you know. I don't think. I don't even think we'd have to give him up, to be honest. Why the package I saw, because what Houston is going to want, especially you know, for Harden, it's a little different. But with Russ, what you want from a Russ trade with this low leverage is just expirings. You want expiring contracts and picks, yep. which we have both. We have a lot of, of those both. So it could be like a Bobby Portis, a Wayne Ellington, a Frank, maybe a Frank or Dennis Smith. I know you go back, a Frank or Dennis Smith and a Knox and then a first round pick. And that would be probably one of the best deals that the Rockets would get for us right now. I don't know what Charlotte could offer. They might have picks and something good expirings too. I know that Batum expiring. Jesus. Oh my God, they still Batum. have that. Batum just accepted his player option of $27 million. Good for him. <laughs> so God. if you send that over you know that's that's all you want for houston for them to be able to rebuild is to get this rust contract off the books hardens a little different story you can maybe take on a, a higher contract but i'm with you man why not you know russ russ's motto man russ rj maybe you sign like a joe harris or bertans or a gallinari with that. randall and mitch and and christian wood off the bench and whoever we draft at eight It'd be, it'd be very, very fun, man. Mm-hmm. And then and I'm telling you, transition. Like you said, the transition would be great. Oh, man. I don't know if we'll get – I don't know if that trade – I don't know if Russ is going to get traded before the season starts. I don't know. Wouldn't shock me if you had to put a gut feeling on that. You think he is a rocket starting opening day? I don't think so. You don't think so? He gets traded, yeah. I really don't think so. All this talk, man, it's just – it's coming out of nowhere. But – uh. All right, yeah. So those are the those are the crazy rumors, man. With the Rockets, they we were calling it before that the Rockets are probably going to blow it up when Daryl Morey left. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens there, man. If Harden's a Brooklyn Net, I really hope he goes to Philly. I would really, really want to see him with Embiid. I think that's a better fit. Um, last little rumor before we get into our draft breakdown, our mock draft of the lottery. Your boy, man, Rondo. Oh. Doe, you know, he played phenomenal in the playoffs. We talked about him a bunch. Um, I guess there's rumors of the Clippers and the Hawks mm. both making aggressive pushes to get, uh, you know, that veteran playmaker, vocal leader, vocal coach on the court that both of those teams could use. Which which do you like better? I know you're you're very uh, against him going to the Clippers. It makes a lot of sense though. <laughs> it makes a ton of sense for them, and it also makes a ton of sense for the Hawks to be you know over there and be like on a young team. Um, yeah, what what are you thinking with the Rondo rumors right now? I don't know. It's you think Bron gets him on the phone and say, "Hey man, come on now, one more year." Yeah, you get to pay that. 
I don't know. Uh, I I don't know if um, I don't know. I would, I mean, personally, I'd love to see him on the Hawks. I think that'd be really cool just because I like the Hawks more than the Clippers. But <laughs> um, it seems like Rondo is not the type of guy, especially in this t- in this point of his career, to just be chasing a bag. I don't know. Because I'm sure the Clippers can offer him more than enough money that would, you know, get him to come play. But I know how competitive he is. Um, I know he saw the Clippers as his rival all of last year. And I'm sure he he saw what everyone else saw, that it's kind of a toxic locker room. They just got a coach turnover, um, you know, massively underachieved last year. You're going to have to play with Kawhi Leonard, who is not the easiest to play with, you know, not very vocal, especially coming from a guy like LeBron. Uh, that's a pretty, pretty big transition. And if I'm Rondo, I want to go to a team where I can, you know, foster some young guys, pass down my – you know, the stuff I've learned. I'm sure he feels his body starting to really, you know, hit that peak. So, yeah, if I'm him, why not just, you know, spend the last couple of years in Atlanta, you know, living it up, develop the team. I'm sure he would love to work with Trey Young too. Yeah. And that, honestly, that seems like a little situation where he be, could become a, you know, player coach type role on that team, which he kind of embraced on the Lakers. But, um, so yeah, I don't know. Ball's in his court, yeah. but. Yeah, um, I don't think it would be necessarily him chasing a bag. I mean, it, it's definitely going to be important for him at this stage in your career. If you can cash out, I think you're going to, you know. Um, he doesn't have a ton left to prove on his legacy, although it would be, you know, the Lakers are in a position where if they bring back a lot of these guys, I'm telling you, they just run it back, you know. Um, but I think it's almost like, to your point, Rondo is so competitive where he might view each situation as just like the ultimate challenge, Yeah, you know go to the Clippers and help them maybe get a ring and be like, damn, you know, I got the Lakers, their ring, you know, and if I'm going to the Clippers and I fix this mess, like that looks really, really good on, on Rondo, obviously. Like he, he could be a guy that really steps in there and changes that whole culture for the Clippers, which we've always talked about. Kawhi is a great player, but he's just not that guy. He's not going to change a culture. He's just going to be Kawhi every, everywhere he goes. He's, you know, one of the all time greats, but still, and same with Atlanta. He's thinking, man, they got Trey. They got all these young guys. They got a lot of assets still. They got Capella, who, you know, I feel like would be a perfect little pick-and-roll player with Rondo. Mm -hmm. Maybe he's like, hey, man, with me on this team, why not us out of the East? Why not the Hawks out of the East, you know? If we got to go through Milwaukee, Boston, and Brooklyn, why not? And Miami, why not? So I think it'll just be the ultimate challenge. I'd like to see him on on Atlanta. I really would. Um, Trey Young, man. Trey Young is just – Dude's insane. Dude is insane. But all right, yeah, so that, that's it for the rumors. We'll see what else happens. I'm sure there'll be more trades flying. Um, I don't know if you caught it, but uh, Shams had a tweet where he just started the tweet, the Orlando. Oh, yeah. And that was it. Boosted. And he, he must have sent it by accident. And then it was just like a player like opting into their player option or whatever. Everybody yeah. thought they were trading for us or something. Let me throw one more trade rumor that I just remembered that was going around um have you seen the aldridge to the warriors talk mm, i have i have that is I, I mean yeah like i mean it's it's decent fit for them mm-hmm. shooting big doesn't play a ton of defense that's that's the thing um but uh yeah i don't i don't i really don't think the warriors are going to be as aggressive as people think i think they're going to be nice and settled in where they're at in the draft get a stud 
Yeah, I don't know. You like you don't you're not a fan of the Aldridge rumors? Well, I if they can give up just Wiggins for him and maybe a young guy or two, like a Pascal or something. Oh my gosh, I'm doing that all day if I'm San Antonio. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You know, both yeah, sides. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that that kind of works out. So I don't know. It's it's very interesting. I, I like the thought process, you know, having five shooters on the court again for the Warriors. Um but again, do they want that type of defensive liability? You know, anytime he's on the court, he's getting Maybe on the second unit or something. I don't know. Yeah. That's a little David West type role. My guy. Yeah. David West. David yeah, West. That, that was a good one. That was a, a good one too. Gordon Hayward, I guess, being talked about too. Mm-hmm. As a potential name being floated out there. And it seems like the Celtics are really shopping Kemba. Like what what did he do? They, I've seen him in every type of trade package for Beal, for Harden, for for all these guys. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on with that, but I guess he is kind of expendable on that team. But, but yeah, but all right, man, we got the draft tomorrow, or, you know, Wednesday night, whatever you got to be appropriate here with the podcast lingo. Some people might be listening to it later, but Timberwolves, man, number one pick, who are you taking? Um, it's traditional style. Also, I did want to say, I saw a funny video that, for the next like eight years, the NBA draft is just going to be, and then it was a video of just Adam Silver going, the Oklahoma City Thunder select, <laughs> the New Orleans Pelicans select, the Oklahoma <laughs> City Thunder select. <laughs> but anyway, the Timberwolves are on the clock, number one pick. They taking it, they taking somebody, they trading. What do you think? Um, man, it's tough. I, I think they should just draft Anthony Edwards. I think just scoop him up. Um, yep. I, th- I think. He can play the guard wing position. Um, you know, he's only, I think, 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, but he has a 6'9", wingspan. So, great athlete, great defensive upside. Um, the offensive the upside. The draft. Mm-hmm. Yep. Offensive upside is, you know, has been very well documented. I mean, the dude can score on every level. Um, he's got great form. Uh, I think he honestly would fit pretty well with, uh, with uh, D'Angelo, too. Um, so yeah, I feel like he's the type of player you can't really pass up on him in this draft. Um, so yeah, you guys, especially when I feel like the only other real option is LaMelo at one and I don't really see as much of a playability with him and D'Angelo, but if yeah. you're betting on the upside, I can see it. So I think they take, uh, Anthony Edwards one. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. That's what I would do. Um, unless a team like Charlotte or the Bulls or someone, uh, is like, Hey, slide back. We'll give you a couple extra picks in the future. Then you maybe think about trading out of there. Mm-hmm. And if, if Charlotte or Chicago wants to take LaMelo number one, they would do that. But yeah, I'm with you. Anthony Edwards makes the most sense for me. Um, I forget who was saying it. Somebody, I think it might've been Schmitz from ESPN. He was saying that Edwards just adds a little bit of dog to that to that Minnesota team that might just need a little bit of fight. You know, Jarrett Culver is a good wing, but he just seems kind of soft-spoken. I know he did dunk on Robin Lopez, and he was kind of flexing. Yeah, then he ran away. Then he ran away. (laughs) Robin Lopez was like, what's up, boy? Um, But, yeah, if you're looking at a D'Lo, Edwards, Culver, Cat type of future, uh, that's a very good core to build around, and I think that makes the most sense. Absolutely. Golden State Warriors number two. I will start here. Easiest pick in the draft. I think the best prospect in the draft, James Wiseman. It's not going to be fair. Um, perfect rim runner. Huge potential with this guy. Can shoot a little bit of a mid-range. Can't really stretch it. But he, you know, you would really want a passing big man in this offense with Steph Clay and Wiggins. I always forget about Wiggins still on that freaking Warriors team. Um, 
But Draymond, you know, Draymond's a great passer, and he's always at the top of the key facilitating a lot of their sets and whatnot. Um, you can't pass on this guy. I don't think the Warriors will trade this to try and get a Mitchell Robinson. That's absolutely ridiculous. It's not happening. But, um, yeah, this is a home run pick. It's so annoying that the Warriors got the number two pick. Um, but, yeah, Wiseman, done. Done deal. Let me Now, I would agree with that. I'd say that's probably a 90% chance of happening. I think okay. there's a 10% chance that they might look to trade down one or two spots and pick up Denny Avija. Mm-hmm. I feel okay. like I saw a lot of stuff with the Warriors really being in love with him and the, you know, Doncic-like upside that he has. So okay. I think if they, if they make a move at all, it would be to try and, you know, maybe like you said, get some futures and secure that little Euro connection. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think Wiseman's definitely going to go there though. So, so if somebody did trade, um, if somebody did trade to take two, you still think Wiseman's going regardless there? Or? Yes. Okay. okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Good. And then number three, we got – who's it? It's, it's the Hornets, right? Or number three? Yes. Who are we taking with Wiseman and Edwards off the board at three, BK? Yeah, this is, uh, this is another no-brainer. Um, I feel like these three are pretty, pretty set in stone. Um, Lamella Ball has to be the obvious choice here, um, especially for a team like – the Hornets, who, you know, aren't the biggest TV draw. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the branding potential that Jordan could have with uh, LaMelo is huge. Uh, there's no way he passes up on him. Um, yeah. If anything, he just sees a bunch of dollar signs. You know, you know how Jordan can be. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, they need a point guard, too. I think he'd fit great with Devontae Graham as well. They can both shoot. Yeah. Um, you know, they have a decent little young core over there. Um, they got PJ Washington who played pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. Who's the other guy? Uh, the yeah, Rosier State. Uh, Miles oh, Miles. Bridges. Yeah, Miles Bridges. Yeah. Guy. So, yeah, they, they'd have a nice little young core going on over there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you there. Easy pick. If if Lamelo, which a lot of executives are saying, is absolutely the best prospect in this draft and has the most star potential, if you get him at three, you're you're automatically winning the draft right there. Um, would not shock me if somebody's moving up to one to, to draft LaMelo. <laughs> I mentioned it to you. Maybe the uh, <clears throat> They got the assets. <clears throat> they might. They got the freaking assets to do it. And with SGA, which would be a nice little spot. Um, but, yeah, LaMelo, he would absolutely be a great fit there in Charlotte, and it seems like an MJ guy. Number four, you got the Chicago Bulls. Jeez. Bulls drafting four. What are, they, what are they doing, man? Um, who are you taking at number four? Um, I am taking. I think I think Denny Avija. I think that's the pick. Um, you know, it depends. Now it depends where the Bulls think they are in their process. So if they're if they're cool with you know Zach Levine running the future. And they feel like they already have their guys. That's that's that makes sense to me. But if they feel like they want to embrace that tank even more, I could see them kind of packaging that pick, maybe even Zach Levine, and really load up on some picks. You know what I mean? Mm. So, you know, maybe they could be in contact with OKC, like we mentioned. Mm. Even uh, you know the Pelicans, they got hella draft uh, compensation. So yeah, I could see the Bulls being very active. Um, they already have a bunch of young players. Um, but if not, Denny Avija would be a great pickup, just super upside guy. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, when you look at the when you look at the Bulls, they got um, they got Kobe, 
they got Levine, mm-hmm. they got Market, and they got Wendell Carter. So you don't really need to go for the Obi Toppin route here. And also, I'm not sure. I've heard a lot of people say it's Denny Avdia. Oh yeah. I don't, I don't know. V just sounds great, but it might be Avdia because they got I the think D you're in right. it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but yeah, me and you are huge fans of um of Denny. Um, so much as so where we think he could potentially be the best player out of this draft. There's no saying it. Um, he's a much less, uh, you know, much less skilled as some of these European prospects usually are coming out. You know, a lot of them have good good skills and are just not the best athletes. Denny is kind of the rare case where he's a pretty damn good athlete. Six nine, like long, athletic, can get up and down, can can handle a little bit. A lot, a lot of upside there. Yeah, he's lots of nice on that team. Uh, I'm for that. And then at five, it pains me this because all my boys are Cavs fans. But Obi, Obi's going to five. You slot him in with Garland, Sexton, KPJ, even with Drummond and K Love. You got a good little core there. Obi Toppin was the best player in college basketball. Can shoot it. Can dunk. Very, 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 very bad defensively. Yeah. <laughs> but you know you can hide him in spots, and um, yeah, makes a lot of sense for me. Any objections there? No. Um, I mean, I guess you I could say, else I mean, you could you could make the argument of reaching for, you know, in a coro, but I don't at five, I feel like the upside of um of of, of Toppin just it makes it a pretty no brainer. Um, you know, unless the Cavs are really shocking people and trying to compete for the playoffs, which I don't think they would. Um, although they're gonna have Drummond and K Love, which would be interesting. Um, yeah, I think Obi's the the solid pick there. And then at six, we got the Atlanta Hawks, which I think you mentioned it is a is a pick that is being shopped possibly. Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe the Hawks are trying to make a little bit of a move. Yeah. What do you think they do at six? Who would you want them to target if they just let's just say that they do stay at six? A lot of people on the board still that could really benefit from them. Yeah, I, I think um, I think they take a chance on one of the wings in the draft. Um, Again, I just mentioned Isaac Okoro. I think they could go for him. Um, yeah. I think they need a couple more wing defenders on that team. You know, they got they got their offensive upside wings on that team. They got Cam Reddish. They got Herter. Um, they have a bunch of guards. Now, you can make the argument maybe they want, like, a nice backup point guard where I can see, like, Halliburton slotting in there. But um, for a win-now move, I, I think they go for an Okoro um, to get that, you know, dog defender on the team. Yeah, I like that too. I was even looking at, um, like you mentioned, we mentioned before we started recording that there's possibly contract disputes with John Collins. Mm. Uh, so you never know what that future could be. Onyeka would be a solid, solid, solid move there. You know, mm-hmm. he's a little similar to Capella, I know, in terms of wouldn't be able to space the floor and you probably don't want to play them together. But Onyeka, his draft comp was was identical to Bam Adebayo. And he's a guy that maybe could be a little bit of a facilitator for them in there. Hopefully get a little bit of a mid-range shot. But, yeah, I guess you add another wing to that group because you could potentially make a move for a guy and pair all those assets together. Yep. Hawks are in a good spot, man. Hawks are in a great spot. Seven, we got the Detroit Pistons. Now, the mock draft I'm looking at, and I'm trying not to copy a carbon copy, but it's it's pretty good so far. Mm -hmm. This Patrick Williams kid is flying, flying up boards. Mm. For me, if I'm Detroit – I think I'm with you. I'm I'm not taking a guy like Patrick Williams or Coro if he's still there. I'm looking at I'm looking at a 
why not swing swing and go at a guy like Killian? Yeah. That I mean, what is the Pistons' future right now? I I don't know. They, the Pistons are in a weird they spot. They don't. They, I don't know what they're doing. They, you got to get somebody that you could just build around. One of these point guards. I, I'm a big fan of Kyra. Big fan of Killian. Mm-hmm. Big fan of Halliburton. If he's still there, I say the Pistons go guard at seven. Not a Patrick Williams. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I would say Onyeka. I think should be ranked ahead of Patrick Williams on this draft and. Even with that, I don't. I don't think the Pistons would go with him because they have. I think they're going to lock up uh, Christian Wood. Um, they'd be pretty crazy not to. Um, he's a super solid young prospect. So I agree. I think they go guard. Um, you, you gotta. You gotta have some sort of pick and roll play with Blake. Yeah. And D, I guess they still have D Rose, but jeez. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I. I hope Killian doesn't get picked that early. Um, I'll just I'll just throw a tie. I'll give him Taliburton. Um, okay. But I mean, those guys are pretty interchangeable at this point. So if I'm the Pistons and I'm being completely unbiased, I'm taking Killian because you know how you know how big I am on him, and just the. Uh, I would too. I would take I would take him too if he's there for Detroit. So, I would. Yeah. All right. All right, and then number eight, man. Who knows? We might not be there. They, we, as in, you know, the Knicks, yeah. they might be up. They might be down. They might try and move to four or three. They might try and move that back down to 12 or 13. Mm-hmm. We're sitting there at eight. You know, for all intents and purposes, let's say Orcoro's off the board. Let's say Killian's off the board. I know. But the, let's say they go six and seven. Mm-hmm. Who's there at eight? Who are you taking? If those guys are off the board, um, I feel like assuming Obi went five. Yeah. Yeah. Okoro, Killian. I think if it went that way, um, I think Halliburton's the the no brainer pick here. Um, Let's go. I see. Now I don't think Kira Lewis is that far behind. I really mm-hmm. I do really like Kira Lewis, but I think for the Knicks, um, you know, Kira Lewis is a great young prospect, but I feel like his floor is not as high as, as a Tyrese Halliburton, which mm-hmm. for the Knicks team right now, you know, worst case scenario with Halliburton, I can see him being like a, you know, uh, who's the Nuggets guy I use to compare him to? Uh, Monte Morris. I could see him mm-hmm. being like a little okay. you know, solid point guard off the bench, can get you a couple buckets. Sure. Turn yeah. the ball over. So um, he's got Good great, super uh, underrated size. I mean, 6'5", is a, that's a big dude. Um, so yeah, I, I think we would be real lucky to get Halliburton at eight. I'm there, man. I'm right there with you. If we land Halliburton at eight, I think, I think it just makes, I think the fit is really, really good. I like Kyra. I like Killian. Kyra is much more of a combo guard, not really a pure point guard. You know, he is much, he's very reminiscent of SGA elite athlete very good athlete and i think his his speed is is almost like darian fox like speed and we've talked about this how i think the nba you know is very transition heavy lately oh yeah so he'd be a freak but to me the mesh with him and rj and potentially whoever we have at three if it's Knox or whatever i i just don't get that that um that combo there especially if we want rj and randall to take a bigger step in the scoring production next yeah. year I think Halliburton, a guy who can still shoot the three, and he's the best passer in this draft. It's him or Lamelo. They have the best, the, you know. I think they, there's so much potential for Halliburton to average eight, nine assists as a rookie. 
Why not? You know, if, if there's veterans. He had very impressive shooting stats too. Yeah. Super impressive. Very good. He's got to fill out a little bit, but like you said, 6'5", pretty good. Sneaky defender in the passing lanes. You can, can jump on him. Um, yeah, and I think from what I've heard, he just seems like a really smart, like very professional guy already. Like very, like very professional kid. I don't know much about Killian. I don't know much about Kyra in terms of their um, demeanor and whatnot. From what I've heard, Killian is pretty laid back as well. Kyra, I think, is a little bit more of kind of like a he might think he's hot shit type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say I don't like his upside. I, th- I'm, I think I'm with you though. His floor, we don't we don't know what he could be. He could just be like one of those athletic point guards that never gets a jumper and is not the best passer. And he's just like he can get you like eight points maybe a game. You know, like you just never know. So I'm I'm taking Halliburton at eight and I'm loving it, loving it, loving it, loving it. And then you could say you maybe still sign for NBA please. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, so then we got nine. We got the Wizards mm. at nine. Um, let's say, you know, for all, for again, all intents and purposes, Okoro, Killian, and Halliburton are off the board. Who's there at nine? Um, have we, is the Kongu yet gone yet? No. That's, I feel like that's, that's got to be the pick for them. Yep. Um, getting him at nine is, is a steal, honestly. Yeah. Um, he's the pair with Rui. I think that's a great pairing. Um, the Wizards, I mean, they have Thomas Bryant, but, I mean, is he really a sustainable option for the future? Probably not. Um, yeah. Or if anything, you know, he's not even – not a true center. You could probably run him as a four. Um, but I I love Okongu's uh, upside. I don't even know if I'm saying his name right, but I'm doing good. Okongu. No, that's good. Yeah, Onyeka. Uh, but, yeah, he, he has a lot of similarities to Bam, um, which is the kind of modern – uh, NBA big man, absolutely you know, great hands, great playmaking skills for his size. Um, you know, not bad touch could, I mean, not the best jumper, but a lot of potential there. Great body. Um, yeah. just seems like a solid pick at nine. Yeah. I like it a lot too. Instant starter. I think he could be an instant starter and give you maybe, you know, not, not going to score a lot, but he can average double digit rebounds. He could, he is a shot blocker as well very like a beast on the glass i th- I want to say he was one of the best offensive rebounders in the country uh at usc which was so random that he went to usc um but i think he's a cali kid um but yeah i think i'm a big fan of Rui. so i think if you if you pair them two with beal and john wall if john wall's healthy i think that's that's fun you you just want energy guys man with john wall and bradley beal you know they're getting the shots so you just need energy and defense and he, he's a perfect example uh, 10 now is becoming a very important pick, man, because mm-hmm. now they got the newly uh, acquired Chris Paul at 10. A lot of people were thinking maybe Killian for the Suns before, but now you got Chris Paul, you got Devin Booker. They basically have starting five. Wh- who's the guy you're looking at with 10? We got Onyeka off the board. We got Okoro. Patrick Williams is still there. Uh, a couple other wings. Who are you liking at, at 10 for the Suns? I feel like a lot of people here – would lean towards, you know, getting a big man or a wing um, sure. for the Suns. But mm-hmm. for me personally, you know, the way their roster is right now, I mean, they have depth of big men. You know, they have Aiton, they have Baines, they have Sarich. They Dave already Kaminsky. have – what? They have Frank Kaminsky too. Like, it's like, what? Sure. They have Kaminsky. <laughs> um, they, have, they have a lot of young guards – or not a lot of young guards, um, young wings – you know, they have Cam Johnson, they have Michael Bridges, they have uh, – I'm sure I'm forgetting someone. Yeah. Um, 
but if I'm them and I just got a Chris Paul type talent, I'm picking up uh, Keir Lewis. Mm. I feel like you put him under the tutelage of uh, mm. CP. Mm-hmm. Has experience with those three guard lineups. I think yeah, so to say you're a big fan of maybe Scott and Kyra the two, Booker mm-hmm. the three. Like you said, Chris he's the show. very mm. reminiscent of Shy. Um, so yeah, I think that'd be a great move for them. You know, worst case scenario, he could be like a little Dennis Schroeder light off the bench, you know, just a tempo guy, energy guy. Yeah. Um, again, I think that's a home run at 10. Hmm, I like that. I do like that. I would maybe take it a different way. This kid, um, who I know one of my buddies is very high on and he's hoping he falls to 14 to the Celtics. I don't think it'll happen. Sadiq Bay hmm. from Nova. Like you mentioned, they are pretty heavy at the forward and three. Sadiq Bay can play the three or four and is a very good shooter. And so for me, if I'm adding Chris Paul, what I just want is some shooting. I know you got Devin Booker and Cam Johnson and Kaminsky who are good shooters. Hmm. Um, but I like Sadiq Bay. I think he, he's another guy that evenly they can even start if they wanted to alongside Booker and whoever they decide to start at the four. Man, they slide Cam Johnson to the four. Um, Sadiq Bay, I'm big on. Not a very high ceiling. Very, very solid floor. Like, he's going to be a serviceable player, versatile defender, can rebound, can play in the post, can stretch it outside. And he's a Jay Wright guy. Nova, man. Nova produces NBA players. They're just solid, even if they're not stars. Uh, they're solid. So I'm taking, I'm taking him at 10. Okay. And next. Oh, man, next. You know, you know I think I have a feeling who, who you might be uh, thinking about here at 11 for the San Antonio Spurs. And I'm, I think so. Maybe not, but I don't know. There's there's some there's some names there, but we got Kyra is off the board for you. Mm-hmm. Who do you think is a good fit at eleven? And don't say who I, I know. I think I, know I think who you, you know who I'm gonna say. Um, now this is this is yep. very dependent on them being the, just the Spurs and being mm-hmm. in a rare rebuild for them. But if I'm the Spurs, I'm swinging on Paku. I'm swinging. On, <laughs> I knew it. I knew I'm it. picking Paku up. Um, Puck, for those Alex- who don't know his Twitter name, uh, Alexij Pukazipski, something along those lines. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, I think, and it's not even as much of a meme as I'm making it out, but, um, you know, he's a very rare prospect. Again, this guy could be, he could be terrible. He could be the next Dragon Bender. Um, you know, he has very, very similar in size and play style to Dragon Bender, but on the flip side, he could be, a, uh, you know, another Bertans, who we yeah. saw was another guy that the Spurs developed into the, you know, near max player he is today. So I think I'm, if I'm the Spurs, I'm fully embracing that rebuild. We finally didn't make the playoffs. It's time to get a little project. Now, I could see you going the other way. You know, maybe they just want to get a solid guy to throw in the lineup. Um, you know, maybe they want a point guard prospect because they have, you know, Derek Jones and DeJounte. Are great guards. They're not. I don't know if Derek I said White, yeah. pure. What did I say? Derek Jones. Yeah. Derek White. I don't yeah. know if they're pure points as much yeah. as combo guards, but um, yeah, I, I think Paku. He's got crazy upside, and I know the Spurs love a nice jump shot, so I, I could see them <laughs> taking the taking the chance. Yeah, on. I had a feeling you were gonna go that way. I could easily see it. Um, seems like a spot maybe where the Spurs would trade back and still try and swing for him at like fourteen or fifteen. Um. If I'm sitting there at 11 and Patrick Williams is still there, I think I'd take him. Um, the Spurs just seem like they know when they see a guy that they like and they know, okay, he has a specific skill set that we can develop. 
Patrick Williams is apparently one of the best defenders, and he's a big, big dude, like mm-hmm. long, stocky, already pretty full, like filled in, or should I say whatever. Um, I mentioned the comparisons to OG Ananobi, and it's like, what, what is that? You know, you never know. If OG develops a little bit more creativity on the offensive side, he could be a very good three in the league. Mm-hmm. I think 11, they go a little bit safer. Unless they trade back. If they trade back a tiny bit more, I think they swing for maybe like a Precious or a Pupaku. Um, yeah. Patrick Williams has been flying up draft boards. I don't know why. Um, I see him kind of staying right in between the 10 to 12 range. So if I'm Spurs, I'm, take, I'm, taking, uh, I'm taking him. Then at 12, we got Sacramento Kings. This is, where, this is where it gets tough. These last three picks we'll preview before we go dive into some Nick stuff specifically. This Aaron Nesmith kid, Nesmith, am I, I don't know if I'm saying that. He is apparently the shooter in the draft. Um, if the Kings are trying to move off a of Buddy Heald, that seems like a solid pick. I'm a big fan of Tyrese Maxey as well. Yeah, I might take him. I might want to see him on a different team. But I don't know where I'm going here with the Kings. I'm going, you know what I'm going? I'm going RJ Hampton. Wow. RJ Hampton to me is one of those guys that nobody talked about. And could be the best player in this draft. That's, I'm could, telling you, man. Easily be the best draft player in this draft. Very, very explosive athlete. Mm-hmm. Has the offensive tools already. Got to grow into his body, but he's super young. It seems like we've been saying that a lot about these prospects, but it's true. This is a young draft class. It's a freaking wild card draft class. But RJ Hampton was what? A top three player in his class? Yep. Or t- one of the top, you know? Yep. Um Sacramento just need you need to get a guy like that. You got to take a, a flyer on a guy like that, especially when you just got rid of Bogdan. Take a chance on on a dynamic athlete scorer. Let's see what happens. Maybe he meshes really well with De'Aaron uh, and a couple. Players, I'm taking him at twelve. I'm swinging that. He's not off my board yet. Maybe there. Yeah, I I don't hate that at all. You you know I'm a huge fan of R.J. Hampton. Um. You know, maybe I would have waited a couple more for that. Um, for the Kings, you know, they're in a tricky spot because you just traded a, a nice young player in Bogdan um, for, you know, for Dante. So you could say, um, you know, Devin Vessel's still there. Maybe you take a chance on him hmm. for Vassal, I should say. But, I mean, he's yeah. a pretty similar player to Dante. They're, they're very similar in position. I mean, you could probably still start him at the, at the three. Devin Vassal, yeah, yeah. A little bit bigger than Dante. More yeah. of a three. Yeah. He's probably more of a wing than Dante is. Um, yeah. But, yeah. I like I, that. I, I, I like the RJ pick, honestly. I'm a fan of that. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, it's just, you know, Divac, man, he got to do something. Like, yeah. he just I, – I think I agree. I, did, I, I didn't take fully into account that they did just get Dante, who I bet will be a big part. So, maybe you do go a different route. Man, 12 could be a spot where Vladi might be looking at Paco as well. He could. We might see. We might see him in the in the late lottery, man. I don't know, but we'll see. Um, then New Orleans at thirteen, they seem like a team that could definitely trade up in this draft. Um, yeah. Try and get one of these wings, or try and get one of these point guards, maybe. Um, who do you like at thirteen? For you, we got what Vassal's off the board and Paku's off the board. Yep. Um, Patrick Williams is still sitting there for you. There's a couple other intriguing names. Who are you liking? Um. I'm very torn right now. I think I'm going to lean towards Patrick Williams. Okay. Um, Are you going to go a different way? I think for them, I think it's time to start gearing towards a playoff run. 
Mm. Um, I, I mean, Stan Van, man, he's he's running the show. Yeah, no, he is. That's crazy. Um, <laughs> it's pretty. I don't know. I've seen that. Diff, there's different points of view on Patrick Williams. You could say he's more of a project, but I mean, at the same time, you could also say he's more NBA ready body wise. You know, to yeah. just get out there and play some defense. Um. But yeah, there's a lot of other really good picks. I, I'm looking at Tyrese Maxey. Mm. The only thing that turns me off a little bit about that is um, you just got Bledsoe. You just got George Hill. You still have Lonzo Ball. That's true. There's not a lot of rotation space there, but I don't, is George Hill an expiring contract? He very well could be, yeah. I'm not sure about that, but. Yeah. I'll okay. Go, I'll go with, uh, could I go with? with? With Williams? Yeah, with Williams. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. He's definitely um, a guy Stan would love. Uh, energy, defensive guy. Um, I'm sitting there at 13. I was really thinking about Tyrese Maxey. Um, I think he, again, has potential to be. I'm saying this about a lot of guys. He could be one of the best players that come out of this draft. Mm -hmm. uh, he's a bucket. little undersized at his position, so that'd be interesting. So, I'm kind of with you. They have already a kind of some undersized guards, especially with Bledsoe and Josh Hart. And I know, you know, whatever. Um, then this, this Nesmith kid gets some more shooting. Um, surround him with Lonzo, Ingram, and Zion. Just put another shooter out on the floor. I mean, who who was the guy out there that was um, – who was the freaking European dude that was uh, Melly or something like that? Who oh, was yeah. the guy for New Orleans? Like, he was just out there getting, like, three or four threes a game. Um, so that seems like a safe pick for them. Again, though, I really think New Orleans makes moves on draft night. Me too. And they move up or down, acquiring a player. Uh, I don't know. Uh, but, yeah. And then the last pick in the lottery, man, I'll give it to you. Um, a team that seems to be always picking right here and just isn't the best at it, but they keep accumulating these young guys, the Boston Celtics at 14. Um, I'll start. My I guy. Same way here. Yeah. For me, they the Celtics are always swinging. You know, they are always – I give them credit. They are always swinging at this spot sometimes. You know, they took, like, Romeo Langford, who is going to be okay. Um, a couple years back, they took – what's his name? Hunter, RJ Hunter. Uh, he, that was a little bit later in the draft. But they're always trying to swing again, just another whiff. I like Precious, man. I like Precious for that team. Yeah, we're going the same way. It makes more sense. They need a big – um, they need an athletic big. Um, they showed that Robert Williams is is playing pretty well in that Brad Stevens system. Um, again, I don't. I'm very nervous on Precious. I really like his upside. I just don't know what he's going to be. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know what he's going to be. Is he going to be like a DeAndre Jordan, or is he going to be like a? I, I can't even think of a really a decent comparison because he's uber athletic, but he just has no offensive skill set outside of that. Um, very dynamic defender. So that's what I'm taking. I do like this Jalen Smith kid out of Maryland. Yep. He's going a little bit later and Josh green too. I'm also a huge fan of, you got to you, you got to swing with the Celtics here. Um, a couple of these teams, the Kings, the Celtics, like, why not? You, maybe, maybe the Celtics, maybe you just go a safer route and maybe, you know, you, you get the sure thing because you know, you're going to be in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. I like Precious. Take a chance on Precious. He's got huge upside, even though nobody knows what he's going to be. Yeah, I I would pick Precious too, but um, I'll say why I'd pick him first, and then I'll give you my butt. Um, just because I, I think a lot of people know the Celtics 
the one piece they're missing is just a solid big man, you know? Yeah. And the upside of Precious. Heiss is not a big man. No, he's not. No. He's a small forward. Yeah, come on, boy. But, I mean, <laughs> Precious is a little undersized at 6'8". Um, like you said, the offensive side of the ball, a little questionable. You know, he had a pretty low uh, shooting percentage for a big man in college, which is very concerning. Um, but can if anyone can make him work, it's it's Stevens. Um, so I can see that. But at the same token, I mean, it could be just a question of drafting best available. Like if you get all the way to 14 and Maxi is still there, it's hard to pass up on him. You know, mm, I do like that a lot. Pass. I mean, I know. I mean, they have some guards, but especially if you're looking into a, a Kemba trade, you know, why not pick up a, a great little point guard prospect? I know you got Carson Edwards still who I don't think he'll ever be better than a backup personally. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Guards are running the NBA. Why not take the best available at that, at that point in the draft? Yeah, no, I'm with you. You raise a good concern. I, my, one of my buddies is a huge heat fan. He is praying that maxi falls to 20 to the heat. I don't think that'll happen, but I said, don't worry, man, oh, whoever, Pat, whoever Pat Riley's going to draft, you just know he's going to be good. Like they'll scoop call I mean, Anthony. He'll be a problem on them. That man can draft. But all right, man, so that's our little lottery mock draft preview. Hey, we had some disagreements there, but I think for the most part, we, we kind of agreed or, or you know, agreed on, on most of the teams. Mm-hmm. Before we go, let's just, let's just spend 10 minutes real quick and just talk about the New York Knickerbockers, man, because we got three picks in this draft, 8, 27, and 38. We've already talked a little bit about 8. Let's just go into it just a tiny bit longer, just for a second. You and me seem to be kind of on the same page that we want a point guard. Mm-hmm. But again, it seems like Tibbs might want more of a wing who can step in and, and play a lot of good defense. Okoro is a name that has been very, very linked in that eighth position. And then you maybe take the Fred Van Vliet route to get your point guard, which I would love. I, I would not mind that at all. I'm a big fan of Fred Van Vliet. That's my boy. But um, yeah. Let's say let's say we're looking at a point guard. Me and you have had long text chains arguments about these three point guards. Mm-hmm. According, I'm looking at the ESPN latest mock draft. They have no, you know, they have Ob. I'm, I'm sorry, they have Lamelo as the point guard off the board by the time we're at eight, mm-hmm. and they have us taking Halliburton. Um, between Halliburton, Killian, and Kyra Lewis. Give me, you know, just rank them for me because I know we kind of disagree on this, but you're very, you know, you have your thoughts on it. Yeah, um, I, I'm ranking them, and you know this because I'm a huge Killian guy. I'm going Killian one, Halliburton two, and then I'd say a pretty a more a farther drop off, and then we're going with Kira Lewis. So Killian and, and Halliburton are pretty close. Yeah. Okay. I think, um, you know, I, I think the one trade off you have is I see one as a little bit higher ceiling in Killian. And the mm-hmm. other one with a little higher floor in Halliburton. Um, you know, I could see the argument that Killian might be a little harder um, to fit into a system. You know, he's a little more ball dominant. Um, not as much of a pure point as um, Halliburton. I do think his playmaking is a little undervalued or understated, I should say. Um, I think he's got great size at 6'5", 215. Um, I know that's, that's his updated weight. He's just been putting on muscle. Um, is he more of a combo guard than a point? Probably. Um, but I do think that's kind of the trend of the NBA is to have just those super scoring point guards who can stretch the floor. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think in, especially in the Knicks situation, um, I would rather swing for that, that super high talent. Um, you know, especially when you have that little mm. connection with Frank, but again, <laughs> splitting hairs here would be fine with either one of those guys. So, so my question here is, and I've already been pretty adamant that I love Halliburton. I've been a huge fan of his game in college. I think he's the best passer in this draft. Um, so I just love his fit with with our team. RJ taking more of a scoring role, being being that leader that I know RJ will be and can hopefully up his – hopefully get his points per game to closer to 20 a night, which would be a great improvement for RJ. Yeah. Um, but let me ask you this um, – I completely lost my train of thought. Hold on. The <laughs> I was going to ask you about um, the point guards in this draft. What the hell was I going to? You know, I can I completely forget about it. I don't even know what I was going to say. Um, yeah, I don't know. I had somewhere I was going with that, but oh oh, I know what it was going to be. Um, Frank. Let me ask you about Frank because Knicks fans love him. We do love him, but it, you know. Is is he our starter? Like this is this is this is kind of what I'm I'm thinking at because if if we love Frank, mm-hmm. I think this is a great opportunity for him to be the starter. Yep. And then maybe you do draft an Okoro or a Vassal, and add to a little bit of the wing potential, considering what we've seen from Knox. Is the Frank factor gonna be? Would that let's say you're Leon and and all those boys in the war room on draft night tomorrow night? Mm-hmm. Are you thinking you know we have Frank, we have Dennis Smith? Why do we need another point guard? And this is where I push back on some people with Frank is I feel like they're looking at him as a different position than he's shown. <laughs> I think a really good comparison for him, which he should be studying film on 24 seven is, and I've mentioned this to you a lot is Marcus smart. I think that is a great position for him to fill. Not a true point guard can play make yeah. just a great hustle guy you know, can come off the bench, can start. Um, I don't think it'd be crazy to start him, RJ, and another point guard. Um, I think a lot of starting lineups are going in that direction with three guards, like I'm sure we've talked about. Um, so, yeah, I think you could start him or RJ at the three, and you'd fit in a point guard just fine. Um, I hmm. really do. Sure. I, I Even with Dennis Smith, you know, he could be he's – he's a great point guard, but I think he has some combo guard potential as well. So – yeah, uh, I think we're pretty flexible there. I really do. Okay. Yeah, that, that's that's completely fair. Um, not a lot of people realize Frank isn't the pure point guard, uh, but he's always had. But he's always had to be on this Knicks team. We've always mm-hmm. slotted him in there, and he's had to be the primary ball carrier and the playmaker. And that's just not his play style. He's one I of mean, the best. He's done guys. fine. He's done yeah. decent at it. Yeah. Sure. Decent year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So the, those are the options at eight. I think it'll either be it'll either be a Halliburton or Killian, or it'll either be an Okoro or Vassal. If we stay right at eight, who would you not want at all those out of those four? I'm not. I'm not a big Patrick, Patrick Williams guy. Oh, Patrick Williams. Okay, yeah. But, and this yeah. is <clears throat> this is my thing Vassal, too. I'm just like, eh. If we're Okoro, thinking about I would want all the wings. Yeah, I like Okoro. But if we're thinking about a wing, <clears throat> me personally. We should definitely trade down. Like mm-hmm. for sure, we could get any of those wings, I think, in that 1 through 14 range. You yeah. know, 10 through 14, we could easily get an Okoro or Vassal, Sadiq Bey. Uh, Okoro, I don't know. Uh, Okoro, yeah, Okoro might, might be gone. Might be yeah. Um, but yeah, I agree. 
if you're thinking, if you're not trying to take one of these point guards, I agree. I would trade back. No reason to be up there. Yep. Maybe take get an extra a future first from a from a late, you know, from a Boston or from a Toronto or someone that's picking in the back half. Then we get the Clippers pick, man, for Marcus Morris. That was a great deal for us. Um, scoop that. We're sitting at 27. Uh, I'm looking at Tankathon. They got to take in Trey Jones. Um, I'm, you know, I'm not really into that. I do like Trey Jones. I think he could be very good and, and like, you know, better than his brother almost in a way. But I'm assuming that we want to go point guard at eight. Just give me maybe two names you're looking at kind of in the back half. It, it could even be guys that are, are projected to go in the second round that you like. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, assuming let's say we go Killian or Halliburton at eight, who are you looking at for 27? Yeah, I think um, – so I'll mention a guy briefly. <clears throat> I know you really like him, but in this it has him gone already. Um, if Josh Green's there, that'd be a home run pick. Yes, um, I love him. I don't know if he'll be there, but let's assume he's not there for me personally. Um, yeah. I I really like Tyler Bay, the guy mm-hmm. out of Colorado. Um, just a great defender. Seems like a perfect uh, Tibbs guy, crazy athlete. Yeah. Um, you know, played for a, a lesser known school, so I'm sure he has a chip on his shoulder. Yeah. Um, I think he'd be a super. I I want to say he was defensive player of his conference. I might be wrong yeah, about that. Could have been, could have been yeah. Um, but he would be a great pickup. And another guy um, who I know you really like as well is Jordan Nawara. Mm-hmm. I really I was say. like his upside. Just a great shooter. Um, decent size, honestly. Wouldn't be that much of a reach to me if we took no. him at 27 and we had a point guard at eight. I would really like that draft already. Yep. So I, I think especially the back end of this draft, there's no shortage of good players. It's good value. Yeah, no shortage of yeah. players, but they're all, all over the place. All over yeah. the place. So. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking at Nwora there. Louisville guy can really shoot it. Um, yeah, great size. And then I've seen a lot of people, a lot of at least Nick's pages on Twitter and whatnot. This Isaiah Stewart kid out of Washington. Mm-hmm. Uh, young, which I like. Big, which I like. Seven, four and a half wingspan, which I like. Wow. Need kind of like another backup big man. Um, you know, we have Julius, we have Mitch, Kenny Wooten. Hopefully, will be will be um, another serviceable backup. Unleash Wooten. Um, but Stewart is a guy that I think ha- he has some solid offensive skills. Um, great defender, Tibbs guy, Tibbs Tibbs guy. You know, I want those high energy power forwards. <laughs> you know, Tibbs Tibbs loves his power forwards. He loves his oh, Taj yeah. Gibson. <laughs> um, so yeah, those are two names that I would look at. I'm not going guard. I think at 27, we either prioritize a wing or a big. Yep. And I think there's a couple there um, that are that are to be able to be looked at. And then second round pick, who knows? Again, I feel like the Knicks are going to be kind of aggressive in, this dra- in the back half of the draft, and there might just be a lot of flip-flopping. Mm-hmm. At 38, I'm going to shoot two names out there, and I know I might be taking one. But one kid I'm really high on is Peyton Pritchard. Mm. And even though we're going point guard at eight, Peyton Pritchard is almost going to be like he doesn't need to be a point guard. He can be a smaller two guard in this league. This kid can shoot the lights out. I, I think I watched it again. You don't want to get all fascinated with the workout videos, but he was doing like his scout combine of like a hundred threes and he was automatic, man. The release That's is crazy. fast. The release is fast. The form is good. Strong kid, six, two. I thought he maybe he might be more like six, one, six foot. Um, but very, very pesky defender. If you've watched college basketball, you know all about Peyton Pritchard and how much 
how annoying he's to play against. Mm-hmm. Smart basketball player can be a guy that is deep in, in our in our rotation. Deep. It doesn't have to play a lot of minutes his rookie year. But down the road, I think it would be very, very solid uh, rotational guard for the Knicks. I love him. And uh, I'll go ahead, and then I'll let you uh, throw in a couple names. And I have one other name that I think you'll like. Yeah, the one guy um, I'm looking at who seems – I mean, I saw him up and down the draft a lot, but um, – the guy, uh, Xavier Tillman from Michigan State. Mm. I'm a big fan. Mm-hmm. I think, okay. um, you know, with the resurgence of the, you know, uh, um, Bam Adebayo type centers, um, yeah. he seems like kind of a guy to fill that uh, type of spot. You know, he's got a great assist percentage. Seems like a great athlete. Um, you know guys from Michigan State. I mean, Michigan State is like the, the, the Thibodeau of college basketball. You know yeah. Facts, so yeah. He'd be able to fit right into the uh, you know, the culture he's trying to make. I mean, six nine, two seventy. He's up. He's a big boy. I mean, I'm sure he has to cut down boy. a little bit, but um, yeah, he's a great defender. I would love just another hard nose type player like that for Tibbs. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm here too, um I mentioned the Peyton Pritchard with the shooting. I, I think I'm prioritizing just trying to get a good shooter here. I like Jamias Ramsey. Texas Tech, one of the better shooters in the draft. I want to say he shot around 42% in college. Move it back a little bit. Solid body. Just want some spacing. Yeah, I just want, you know, I, I expect Dotson to get more minutes. Like, again, this whoever we draft in the second round, you know, we drafted Ignas. He didn't sniff the rotation. I think it's just you getting the best shooter. And then Emmanuel quickly um, from Kentucky, also a very good shooter. Um, those are guys I would just look at. Get somebody that you know is is good at something in the back half. Don't you know some of these like some of these smaller guards? You know the Cassius Winston's, the Devin Devin Dotsons, even the Cassius Stanleys. Like I don't know, we don't know what they could be in the league. I don't know with Jamias Ramsey, with quickly, with even Peyton Pritchard. I know I'm getting a forty percent free throw, uh, three point shooter. Hopefully, yeah. So that's that's what I'm looking at. But I was just uh I was looking at the prospects and there's a guy literally named Jay Scrub. Did you see that guy? Jay Scrub. That is hilarious. Yikes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not taking Hey, it. shout out uh, Kenya Martin Jr. too. True. Project back half there. I'm going to – I have a guy who you, I think you might be surprised by. Um, I think okay. a lot of people would want us to scoop up Nico Mannion at this point. Mm. but He's there, man. He's there. He's there. He's been plummeting, man. I feel bad. I think he'll go, I think he'll go first round, though. I really do. I hope so. Yeah, um, I think he will. Yeah, even if he's there, I I don't know. I don't know about him. I'm a little yeah. concerned. But uh especially with us with guards, we have a bunch. Yeah. Um, but and I think this is a steal in the second round. I would take Vernon Carey Jr. Interesting. Okay. Let me out. Now you No, know I'm not the he, biggest fan of him, but I do, you know, he's a big boy. Big he's boy. A big boy. And this is my thing. Now Duke, they did not have the best year, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, which is why, you know. Cassius plummeted. He's way down in the second round now. I don't even know if I'd pick him either because wingspan tough type stuff. But I mean, you just you take a look at Vernon Carey's stats, man. The dude put up numbers. Oh, yeah. And he was a double double machine. Even more than that, you could say, oh, Jahil Okafor, you know, he got all the all the looks right next to the basket. He shot 38% from three, man. You know, that that's yeah. super impressive. He was averaging eight boards a game, still got 1.6 blocks a game. 
Um, you know, he's not the best prospect to come out of Duke for sure, but he's a true freshman, 19. He's 6'10", yeah. 265. Big so he's boy. got good weight on him. Um, you know, his defense, that's probably the one, the one spot um, where he might have some questions. You know, can he move his feet Honestly, well? Honestly, I like he's it. Not the longest, too. Doesn't have a great wingspan. Um, That's a good. Um, he's just a good guy. Even you know, again, it's kind of kind of weird for me to say this, but he, I think he'd just be a good guy to go up against Mitch. Yeah. In practices, you know, I feel like because Vernon Carey is a very good post score, mm-hmm. very very good post score, which is kind of going extinct in the NBA. I get that, but um, to help Mitch, just to, I, I agree with that. I, I I would not be mad at a Vernon Carey. Um, he can move. You know, he's a big boy, but he can get up and down the court, which I like. And maybe he thins down a little bit. Do you so who are you taking Tillman for over Carey, or you like Carey's upside more? I think, or you I'm like this Arturo kid out of Minnesota? He's also another big man that's been. I think I'm taking I, Tillman over both of them. I, I cool. am. I, I just because yeah. you know, especially from a big man off the bench, you don't really need crazy offensive skill. You can yeah. develop that in a big man. You know how much skill do they need? They need a jump shot. And can you dunk the ball or make a layup or a little jump hook, you know? Yeah, it seems like this Tillman kid is, is a decent, like, playmaker, too. He's got a good little – he's a good passer, too, of the ball. So that's good, too. Which is – I love that. Huge. Love passing. So, yeah. yeah, if we could get one of those two guys in that late second-round pick, man, a lot of good options there. So, All right, so give me – just give me your final 8, 27, 38, the happiest – draft that you would want don't even look at the mock drafts let's just say hypotheticals people fall to you you know being realistic can't say you're getting you know Tyrese Maxey at 27 or whatever which would be a pipe dream but in the general vicinity 8 27 38 what you like uh then you'd be like you'd be like yo Zach Leon killed it best draft Killian is one uh 27 we're gonna go with Nuora Okay. I would love Noir. I, I really like him. And you then, you missing out on your boy Malachi? I just he's gonna go, dude. I don't think go early, right? I think he's going early twenties. I really do. Nice. He's nice with it. Even Josh Green. I, I wanted to say him, but I don't feel realistic saying it. Um Yeah. And then uh I yeah, I'd go Tillman. If I can get those three, I'm feeling super happy about it. Yeah. Um yeah. All right, mine, I'm going Halliburton. Mm-hmm. Isaiah Stewart, 27, okay. and Wara, 38. If we okay. get those three, we get the point guard, we get the big man, we get the wing. I'm in. Bing, bang, boom. Leon would be like, yes. I'd love it. Yeah. That's, <laughs> Leon would be. <laughs> you know, the memes with uh, Leon as like Tony Soprano are getting so good. It's so it. accurate. You think there's a little bit of pressure on him tomorrow night? Or you think he kind of he, – he Fs this up a little bit? You think he goes a little bit safer? You think he goes a little bolder? How much trade movement do you really realistically see the Knicks making? I, I – Like if you had to put – yeah, like I don't – we don't know. Is it more realistic they trade up or down, stay? I, I think – I think it's more realistic they trade down. Yeah. I really, I really believe that. I think if I'm Tibbs – I don't – I'm not completely sold on the upside we can get at eight. And I think the difference between, you know, the guys that are around the late, you know, five to ten or let's even say seven to ten as opposed to the guys ten to twenty, I don't think there's that mm. much of a difference. 
you know? Yeah, you could trade that eight for, I don't know, a 15 and 20. Imagine picking up like, I don't know, uh, let's say, um, doesn't matter, uh, you know, uh, Williams and Malachi Flynn. That, I mean, that would be really nice. Now, we don't get the point guard of future. Maybe he has plans to sign a point Maybe guard. It's Malachi. Maybe it's Malachi. That's what I'm saying. So, um, I, I can see them moving down for either another pick in this first round or another pick next year, which I would like even more. Yeah. Would you, the Timberwolves, oh God. pick up the phone and they said, hey, give us the number eighth pick mm-hmm. and R.J. Barrett. Hmm. You get the number one pick, mm-hmm. and maybe they'll say, hey, "We'll throw in a future uh, second for you." <laughs> Here's what I'm telling. How quickly are you hanging up the phone? Or are you thinking about it? Fuck no, baby. <laughs> that ain't happening. I'm not doing it. You can give me. Um, I mean, we could talk about it if you want to throw in like a, a, you know, Malik Beasley, maybe sweeten the pot a little bit. Okay. Or if you want to give me a first for next year. Or two, they would, yeah. Or three, no. I don't think they would do that. I don't. I don't I, we had this discussion. I don't. Please just keep RJ. I, honestly, and I want your opinion on this. Who do you who? Which offers do you entertain more? One for RJ or one for Mitch? Who's more untouchable for you right now? I go back and forth. To me, I, to me, I think Mitch is more untouchable. I think. I think to me, because I really, really think Mitch is so still so raw, still so young. Mm-hmm. Man, if he develops some sort of a jumper, he could be one of the best big men in the East. It's true. Man, and it, the athleticism, the shot blocking, like, it is a very, very rare combo. Even DeAndre Jordan in his prime was never this good of a shot blocker. Mm-hmm. You know Mitch what I mean? Gobert like. Yeah, and even Gobert is not as good an athlete as Mitch. Correct. Mm-hmm. So I love RJ. I do. I'm a huge fan of RJ. I really think he could still be a great two in this league. For me, I think Mitch is more untouchable. I don't know. It's kind of crazy. To say. I go back and forth. Now, you did bring up a – I love Mitch. You know I love Mitch. And my thought process was is that wings tend to have more, uh, you know, upside than big men. You know, they usually can end up being more impactful. More impactful. Yeah, if they're both, you know, both at all-star level, one's going to have more impact than the other. But, mm-hmm. and I was thinking about the Gobert situation. It almost feels like Gobert has been pretty much cementing them in the playoffs for the last like three years. Yes, it feels like he really before Donovan that, started to take him off that defense. It's a completely different defense. Absolutely, and so, and and look what Tibbs did, man, with Joe Kim. It's true. With fucking with Joe Kim. Mm-hmm. Like, this is gonna be a big it, year for for uh, Mitch, though. Tibbs is excited, man, because if he if him and Kenny Payne and Woodson, those three, they sit in there and they work on defensive, you know, rotations and slides with Mitch and discipline, and he is going to be a problem. Like he, he's good on the perimeter. He's good interior. Tibbs is excited to just anchor the entire team around him, and I think that's where more we're gonna go. Can you imagine a Rudy Gobert? Who's getting benefits? Sorry. Imagine a Rudy Gobert with just a little bit of a jump shot. Little bit of a jump shot. It's a completely different player. Oh. I've never seen Gobert 
catch and alley-oop like Mitch has. And Mitch has been in the league for two years. And I've seen Gobert dominate games. And Gobert has, is, is good on the oops. But, man, sometimes – like Mitch, like, windmilled. The like, man. He, he, one point, like, on a fast break. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the man set yeah, – He did, like, the, just like the, the tomahawk, you know? Like, think about now – sample size is a big thing here with his field goal percentage record. But he qualified. He met the minimum requirement. And think about the years when DeAndre Jordan – He broke it every record. You're right. Think, think about the years that DeAndre Jordan w- was breaking that record. 70, right? 70%. And who was throwing in the passes? Chris Paul. <laughs> who, who was throwing the passes to Mitch? Nobody, man. Alfred Payton. I'm telling you, bro. That is That's very true. I don't understand. I want Halliburton, man. That's why I want Halliburton. I'm oh. telling you. I think he unlocks Randall and Mitch even more. Oh, yeah, and, and possibly Russ, you know, possibly. Before we go, this is the last episode before the draft. I think maybe next episode we'll just do maybe a deeper dive onto the whole roster, maybe talk a little bit more about the coaching and obviously draft reaction or future trade reaction. Okay. But all right, just give it to me right now. Who will be the best player out of this draft? Give me, give me one and then give me one just like dark horse. Give me uh, one. This is, this is you're saying this, give me the best player. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Lamelo. Yep. Okay. I'm gonna go Lamelo. I'm a huge Lamelo guy. I'm not as huge as a lot of people, but I've told you this. I think his most optimistic upside is a mesh between a Kevin Durant and Steph Curry, where he has the height to be unguardable from shooting, and he has the quick release of a point guard with the handle, with the, you know, with the playmaking skill. Um, now my kind of out there pick to be the best in the draft. I mean, I could say Killian, but I think that's getting redundant at this point. Um, I'm going to pick Denny. Mm. I think Denny could be a serious problem. Sure. uh, My biggest thing, my only question mark for him was, can he shoot? And I remember seeing in his most recent, uh, games that he was playing in. Release is coming. Mm -hmm. The release is coming up. Great athlete. So he could be a very sneaky best player in the draft. Who will be the rookie of the year? Um, rookie of the year. That's tough. You can say Lamelo. It could be Lamelo. Definitely. Yeah, it probably is Lamelo. I think. Uh, I know where they end up. You know, it's like where some of these guys end up. Yeah. I could see Lamelo. I could see Obi making a, a push too. Yeah. With Kevin Love and Dermon, though, that'd be tough if he ends up on Cleveland. I'm going to go for the best player to come out of this draft. I ultimately think it'll be Wiseman. Okay. But it's going to, like, he's not going to be rookie of the year. He's not going to be close, I bet. Eh, maybe. You never know. Might be close. My dark horse, Killian. <laughs> Telling you, bro. I think he he is the dark horse guy, and I think he might even be one of my picks for rookie of the year. To me, it would either be him or Lamelo, depending on where Lamelo goes. But I think Killian and Lamelo are gonna have the highest usage. Um, obviously, maybe if D'Angelo Russell goes down, and then like Anthony Edwards could like have a great year and be rookie of the year. But yeah, man, all goes down tomorrow. It's gonna be a good draft. Can't wait. Uh, we'll try and react to all the Knicks draft picks, and uh, we'll see what happens, man. It's a big pick. It's a big pick for Leon. Big night. 
for the new Knicks regime, and uh, we'll excited, man. But uh, yeah, until next time on Right Down Broadway, peace.